Entering the basement wing in at 237 pounds, he is your host, the man in the mirror, Jordan Tyler Wallenberg. Welcome to Wazzas! Let's get fucking listening, baby! It's me, it's your man, it's your main man and host, it's me, O Walls. I'm back with you guys, episode number 57 of O Walls House. I'm back with you guys. I appreciate all of you guys. Thank you guys so much for the continued support. I apologize about the late release. Crazy week of travel. It was going to be a late podcast. I was going to do recording late. I didn't think it was going to turn out. So I'm hopeful that this works out better. So I appreciate the the patience. And, you know, I sorry for coming out late. Got a fun show today, though. Got a fun show. We got a discussion with our man, our man, our betting non-expert, Daddy. Daddy's back. Daddy's back for the Fade Daddy segment. We're going to talk some golf. We're going to talk UNC basketball. We're going to talk some fights. Got my passing thoughts. Got to do a quick touch on the Flyers. But it's going to be a fun show. Before we get there, though, you guys know the deal. We got to touch on that housekeeping. If you guys could, please rate, review, comment, subscribe, share, tell people about it. So if you could do that, I'd appreciate it. I appreciate all of you guys. Thank you so much for coming back and listening. So without any further ado, let's dive right into this. Welcoming back. Everybody's favorite betting non-expert, the man known simply as Daddy. Daddy, welcome back. I brought you back here to, you know, give yourself the opportunity to erase from the records your 2-12 and 12 performance in last year's Super Bowl. How you feeling about this year's? Uh, I, I don't think I can feel good, can I? I'm 2-12 last year. You know, it, no, we probably can't, but can you maybe feel it can't get worse, right? We, we've shown that. I mean, you've come back on a couple times. I think I, one of your outings did, in fact, get worse. I think you went like 0-5. But I, I was going to say, I think statistically we, we can get worse. However, I think we go 12-0 and on the Super Bowl bets this year. 12-0. and So you've got 12 bets for us is what you're telling me. Yeah, 12 bad bets that – Everybody is likely to take the opposite, which is good. Okay, this is uh, this next uh, segment here is going to be brought to you by the folks at FadeDaddy.com. Uh, that's not a real website, so whatever happens if you go there is not my fault. <laughs> well, what do you let? Let me just give you some quick numbers that I, I was reading this article and I, I saved it since they began tracking betting on the Super Bowl. In 1991, $3.02 billion have been bet in Nevada sports books. $233 million is the net win for Nevada sports books since 1991. And last year, there was a record $179.8 million bet. I just thought all those were kind of cool numbers. I'm proud to say that I am, you know, 
a likely donor to those numbers. <laughs> uh, a couple of other ones that I found kind of interesting. There have been 20 outright upsets by betting underdogs in the Super Bowl. Probably not the craziest stat because the typically the Super Bowl line's pretty close. The betting records favorite against the spread in the Super Bowl, 27, 27, and 2. A dead even. And then the over-under, there was no uh, betting archives for Super Bowl One for the total, but the over-under in the Super Bowl games is 26, 28, and 1. So those were pretty amazing numbers. So maybe, Daddy, you're going to be the key to breaking uh, all the deadlocks here for us. Yeah, we, we've got a bunch of winners on the slate. Um, as far as I can tell, I'm sure everybody else will think the opposite, and that's quite all right. All right, well, what do you what do you like in that? Let's where are you starting this off? We'll start off with just some props for the game overall, um, and the intros leading up to the game. Okay. So first prop, I bet it every year: the coin toss. Got him. It has been heads the last two years. Um, but this year it's going to be tails. I'm going to bet tails. I also was betting tails last year Mm -hmm. and you know, no good for that one, but this year it will be tails. I will guarantee it's tails. Take it to the bank. Tails never fails. Usually, but you know, if I bet it, it will be heads. (laughs) Um, second prop bet. We will go with the winning color Gatorade. So at the end of the game, when, I don't know, whatever, whatever coach gets dumped on. I have it going to be orange this year at plus 350. Um, it's been blue the last two years, and that's the second betting favorite at plus 400. But I think it's going to be orange this year at plus 350. Last two years, Super Bowl winners. We had the Rams last year and the Bucks before that. Yep. Okay, so Rams, you could kind of say blue for the team. Bucks, blue going doesn't really go with the team. So we're going orange, the classic. And then my last prop for, you know, just the game and stuff going on beforehand overall is the National Anthem, another betting favorite. Love doing this. Um, Sang by Chris Stapleton this year. The long, drawn-out country singer with the line being at two minutes and two seconds. I think it's going over. Two minutes, two seconds. That's about standard, I think, right? Yeah, I know last year's, I think her name was Mickey Guyton. Um, I think that was like a minute and 50 seconds and. I remember right. I think she flew over that pretty good. So I think over two she, minutes and two seconds. She hammered that the over right. She she really let it let it go at the end and just smoked it right. Yeah, I think she cleared it by five or six seconds. Okay, I like those tails orange and over in the national anthem. I like the over bet. Chris Stapleton, you know he's he's gonna give it a nice intro. Is it from first note to last note? First singing, is that how they usually run it? I don't know how they start it or when they start the clock or end the clock. It's usually, I got to think from first note to whenever he's, you know, done, totally yep. done. Yeah. He's gonna, yeah. I, I like the over in that one. I like the over in that one. It's not good. <laughs> no, if I can remember right, we agreed on a lot. And I mean, a lot of those prop bets for last year's Super Bowl, And that did not turn out well. It's probably no. never a good thing if we're agreeing on shit, but you know, away we go. <laughs> all right where to next what do you get you got some player props for us i'm gonna have to imagine i have a lot of player props of course let's let him fly all right first player prop probably my most confident player prop 
um, is going to be Patrick Mahomes over one and a half passing touchdowns. I oh, do not see the, the Chiefs being able to run the ball at all. Yeah, I would. I tend to agree with. Oh God, here we go. Here we go again. I would agree with that. I think if the for the Chiefs to win, they're probably going to have to throw the ball because Eagles do got a pretty stout stout defense. Yeah, good defense on on the Eagles side, and I just I see Mahomes throwing it at least forty times this game. Forty. Wow. Do we have a bet on that? Uh, I don't know. I don't. I don't have the prop bet for his over under passing uh, total. Attempts. Let's just throw in there uh, one for the OWH sports book. Uh, we're gonna you're gonna stick to over forty passing attempts from Mahomes. Over thirty nine and a half. Okay. Um, second prop bet goes right along with the Mahomes passing touchdowns. I think Travis Kelsey has over seventy eight and a half receiving yards. Um, I don't think they have another good receiver on their team. I think Juju Smith Schuster is a bum, even though he was a Steeler for a long time. Loved him when he was there. But Kelsey over 78 and a half. I also, to tie in with that, have a Travis Kelsey anytime touchdown. I believe that was at minus 120. Uh, still think it's totally worth it because he catches everything in the red zone. Yeah, and when shit gets real, Mahomes, like, really feeds it to Kelsey. Like, throughout yeah. the year when they're fucking around, like, he spreads it around to Juju and MVS. But when he really needs, like, when it's crunch time, it's like, oh, where's Travis Kelsey? I'm going to go find him. It's the most annoying thing about having Travis Kelsey on your fantasy football team that when they're smoking teams, they just refuse to throw it to Travis Kelsey because he's like mixing it up, having a fucking blast out there running the, you know, the hula hoop offense. But when they really need him, he feeds Travis Kelsey. He's just too good. You cannot stop him, especially from the 25 yard line. And then he's going to catch a touchdown. I agree. I like the eight, the anytime touchdown. I would take the under on yards, though. Okay. So I, at least there's some disagreement there. That gives us hope. Yes, it does give us hope. We need we need a little bit of hope for this. Um, my next two props, we're going to flip over to the Eagles side of things. I have A.J. Brown over 72.5 receiving yards. Um, I think he can get loose for a couple big gains in this game. I'm not going to say he's going to break 100, but I think he gets over the 72.5 mark. Um, and I think that one cashes. Okay. Next is Miles Sanders over 56 and a half rushing yards. I uh, don't know why I like it. I probably shouldn't like it, but I do like it. So we're going to bet it. I kind of like that one. I like the 56 and a half. You said, yep. 56 and a half. Yeah. I like that one more than I like the AJ Brown. I don't know why I feel that way. I don't know if it's – I just feel A.J. Brown can kind of be streaky. And I don't know. I don't know that the Chiefs have anyone in the secondary that can shut them down, but they could just be firing it at Devonta Smith. Like, that's the kind of the catch. I had both A.J. Brown and Devonta Smith on a fantasy football team this year, and sometimes they're feeding them both. But other times, one dude's having a huge game and the other isn't. So I, I would – I would like the under on the A.J. Brown, but I like that Miles Sanders, 56 and a half. I think the Eagles come out trying to establish the run early. Well, that's good. We got a little agreement, a little disagreement. We need that. Yeah, let's see what else we can agree and or maybe disagree on. What else you got for me? Um, This will be my last full player prop, and it is the kicker for the Eagles, Jake Elliott, over one and a half field goals. Okay. You think the uh, Eagles are going to stall out in the red zone a little bit? I think they're going to be able to move the ball 
pretty much as much as they want all game. But I do think that they're going to have to settle for a couple field goals. And I'm really hoping he can just make two. You know, what's so hard about making two field goals? Uh, ask Brett Maher. Those are extra points. He's good on the field goals. <laughs> That's true. That's true. I believe the line for that was minus 120. So Elliot over one and a half field goals at minus 120. Okay. Okay. I, I can see the logic there. I don't know that I'd be, that would probably be one I just wouldn't, I wouldn't dabble with. No, no. Well, ask and you receive. That's what, that's what we bring you here for. Uh, for the things I wouldn't even dabble with, you get right into them. So, And then my last, I guess you can call it a player prop, not really a player prop. Um, and again, I, this might not even count towards my record for this week. This is just, you know, throw a dollar on it, throw a dart at the board, hit a bullseye, maybe it happens. Any offensive lineman to have a receiving touchdown at plus 3,500. Oh, my. I think there's a chance receiving touchdown. Okay. I'll give you, I'll give you like an asterisk on that one. We won't hold that one against you. I just, I think there's a chance as much crazy shit as the chiefs do when they have the ball. Uh huh. And then as much crazy shit that goes on in the super bowl, as far as trick plays and stuff like that, I could see an offensive lineman catching a touchdown. Yeah. You're empty in the playbook. There's your last game of the year. Can't hold anything back now. You gotta, you gotta <laughs> dump the playbook out. Yeah. So that is, it as far as my props and player props goes. Okay. Well, anything else? Are you going right to the the over under in the game? Do you have an over under? I do. I have I have uh, a spread pick and an over under pick. Okay. Start. Let's go to the over under. Let's save the the spread pick for last. Okay. So over under the line that I found is fifty and a half. That's what I've been seeing. Okay. I have it going under. Under. By by the half, I have a total of fifty points being scored. We're going to name 50 points. He's going to call his shot. Not just taking the under. He's calling his shot. Yep. Those on the dot. get hooked. I couldn't. Again, I can't tell you why I like the under. But, you know, if you want to lose money, bet the under. I mean, if you if you bet the under, you've won 28 times in the history of the Super Bowl. Can't be that bad of a bet, right? No, it can't. Better odds of taking the under than the over. I the only problem is I just can't bet unders. Like life's too short to bet unders, Daddy. You sure you want to stick with that? I'm gonna stick with it. You know I don't like cheering for defense. I love to see points scored and big plays and stuff like that. But I don't know. Something just tells me it's going under. Okay, okay. We won't argue with the uh, the non logic logic there. And I guess that brings us to the uh, the big one, the game itself. I'm seeing Eagles minus one and a half. That's what I have. I had, I thought the Chiefs had opened up as the favorite, maybe, or maybe the Eagles were at one, but maybe that's out for one and a half. Chiefs opened up as uh, I think they were as high as two and a half point dogs at open. Yep. Now it's down to one and a half. I am taking the Eagles minus one and a half. Ooh. Um. I think, to me, I think to win big games, it comes down to the line of scrimmage. Uh, I think the Chiefs are banged up on the offensive line. I think the Eagles' defensive line is outstanding. But I also love the Eagles' offensive line. Jason Kelsey is an absolute dog. Um, He's got that dog in him. He does have that dog in him. So I am taking the Eagles 27-23. to Okay, okay, 27-23. He comes with the exact calling his shots for both. 
I know I'm going to be falling in with everybody else here. Uh, give me the points. If you're going to give me Patrick Mahomes and points, I'm going to take them. I think this is the first time. Yeah, this is the first time in 15 playoff games that the Chiefs have not been favored. Mm, so, wow. so there's that. Wow. How do you Let's see it. the game going? Just, uh, just outside of the the betting. Just how do you see the game going? I just I see the Eagles being able to just control the game, like better offensively. I think with Jalen Hurts, a better offensive line, they can run the football. I just kind of see the Eagles maybe getting out to an early lead, and then maybe it's twenty three twenty Chiefs down the stretch, and the Eagles score a late touchdown to go up by four, and it holds like that. Okay, okay, but, man, you've you've even got fear. I, you know what? This has been maybe your best pod performance ever, Daddy. Not only do you come with bets and picks and and you know strategy you come with theories about how it's going to happen yeah i don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing though <laughs> it's not like i've been right much that you know maybe you hadn't thought deeply and hard enough about it and you've put more effort and thought into it this time maybe maybe i don't know I awesome. did have... what is that we got was that 12 1 2 3 4 5 6 7 8 9 10 11 12 13 because we made you throw the one extra in there so Do you want me to get a 14 so we it. can match last year's? If you got some, throw it I have there. one written down that I, you know, I don't know if I'll play it or not. But the Eagles over 12 and a half points in the first half. I like my, that. Minus 120. I could see them scoring 17 in the first half. 17 to like 13 at halftime, something like that. Uh, yeah, I don't think two touchdowns is out of control or – a touchdown and a couple of field goals. There you, hey, now I'm coming up with theories for you. There touchdown, we go. The first drive, couple of field goals. After the, that, they go into lead 13-10. Yeah, I can see them getting over 12 and a half. I don't want to say, you know, very easily, but without much of a problem. Yeah, I like that. I like that one. That one might be my favorite you've put put forward today. Minus 120. Take it to the book. They could also do that and be losing, too. It could be like 17-14 very easily, I think, too. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Interesting. Daddy, you've brought us some phenomenal, phenomenal bets today. Anything else you want to leave us with? Little bits of wisdom. We are recording this on Friday, so a little early. So some of these lines and things may change. And I, I, I would be remiss if I didn't ask you what you have in Saturday night's basketball game the UNC Tar Heels versus the Duke Blue Devils. I haven't watched a ton of college basketball yet this year. I was watching the Duke, uh, who they play last week. I think Duke Wake Forest midweek this week. Mm-hmm. Um, just not impressed by Duke. Not not impressed at all. Well, but I'm also the, not impressed by Carolina. I, think I was going to say you're uh, you're not far off with how I feel about North Carolina. They have not been impressive either. So, like two of the more sloppy. Duke and Carolina teams that we've seen in the last 15 years. Mm-hmm. Duke is um, giving three and a half at home Saturday night. I would take Carolina giving the points. Oh my. See, I would take Duke and mm. lay the points being at playing that game in Cameron. Yeah, but you're a Carolina fan and you don't like betting on your team. I like betting on them against Duke. Then I can just root everything against Duke. I mean, I don't even know how you can be a Duke fan. Personally, but you know, I, know. I it, it's one of your worst qualities. You don't have many, Daddy. Unlike your brother, who's got a lot of bad qualities, 
I don't think I have many good qualities, but I appreciate the compliment. <laughs> I mean, I don't know if it's that much of a compliment to be compared to your brother, but mm, that's fair. I mean, I'm, I'm going to have to deal with him for three straight episodes here in like a month and a half. So I'll talk in March Madness. Yeah, that's going to be a disaster. But, you know, we I, I do what I have to. Sometimes I got to sacrifice when when you work a, a full time job and and you're a, a small business owner like myself, you, sometimes you got to you got to make the hard choices. And then I know you get to uh, spend a nice four or five days with him in Arizona, too. Yeah. You know, I'm going to be there with darn near the whole place family. So, uh, you know, we'll have a good time. I'm sure. Well, Daddy, anything else you want to drop in here for us be, uh, before we before we call the day? Uh, no, I think I'm good. Um, don't, you know, nobody expect too much out of these picks. You know, my track record isn't good. Uh, but hopefully we can make a couple bucks on the Super Bowl. Hey, you're due. That's what we're going to – we're going to leave it with, Daddy, you're due couple more thoughts on the Super Bowl and the NFL in general and some other things we got to touch on here. Looks like the line is staying pretty steady as of now. According to this, a couple days after I spoke with Daddy. <clears throat> Still hovering around Eagles minus one and a half in places I've looked. So I still like I still like the Chiefs myself. Take those points and uh, kind of run with them. Elsewhere in the NFL, a couple of things. First off, the GOAT, Tom Brady, TB12. He retires again for the second time, like all true GOATs do. You know, does he have a third retirement in him? You never know. You never know. couple, like, there's some things, just things I saw about Tom Brady. Obviously, he's won seven Super Bowls. Here's another one. This is a great tweet from Albert Breer. Lots of ways to quantify Tom Brady's greatness. Here's one. In 2008, at 31, he tore his ACL and MCL, missed the final 15 games of that year, and then went the next 14 years without another missing another game due to injury. 14 years. That's wild. He did miss those four games for Deflategate. That's nutty. 14 years. I mean, you just read some of this stuff. 17 division titles with the with the Patriots in 18 seasons. 11 consecutive from 09 to 2019. 13 AFC Championship games. 8 consecutive from 2011 to 2018. 9 Super Bowls, 6 Super Bowls with the the 9 with Super Bowls with the Patriots, 6 Super Bowl titles. Then another Super Bowl, 10 appearances, 7 Super Bowl rings. Just incredible. All the passing records, career yards, completions, touchdowns, game started, wins, playoff wins, Super Bowl MVPs. Only person ever to be Super Bowl MVP for two different franchises. That's a cool stat. Most Pro Bowl selections. He was the first unanimous NFL MVP. Only quarterback to win a Super Bowl in three separate decades. Oldest MVP at 40, oldest Super Bowl MVP at 43, oldest quarterback selected the Pro Bowl at 44. Only NFL quarterback named to two all-decade teams, 2000s and 2010, and a unanimous uh, selection to the 100th anniversary all-time team. Tom Brady is the greatest quarterback of all time. Tom Brady is the greatest football player of all time. And there are definite discussions for Tom Brady being the best team sport athlete of all time.
without being a good athlete. I mean, my man. I mean, if you've ever seen him run the 40 at the Combine, it's impressive. Everybody's seen the picture. So, just crazy. It's like one of those things. I'm going to be the old man. I'm back in my day. I saw Tom Brady playing for me. I don't know nothing you know about Tom Brady. Be that old guy on the couch. Just bitching at the young You don't know shit about football. There's Tom Brady. Oh, elsewhere. Elsewhere in the league. Couple coaching changes. Uh, D'Amico Ryans. Where did that go? Or did my note on that go? Did I delete that by accident? He's going to be a coach somewhere. No, whatever. The other big coaching. Sean Payton headed to the Broncos. Sean Payton headed to the Broncos. What is the... So, in the last two years, for the Broncos to get Russell Wilson and then Sean Payton, they've given up three first-round picks, three second-round picks, a fifth-round pick in the 2022 draft, Drew Locke, Noah Fant, and defensive lineman Shelby Harris. Nutty. The 2022 first, 2022 second, 2023 first, 2023 second, 2023 first, and 2024 second. And for all that, they got Sean Payton, Russell Wilson, and the 2022 fourth round pick, which was defensive end Eoi Uwazakari. Oh, man, that's just that's not a good one for me. We're just going to move on. So, yeah, Sean Payton, can he uh, revitalize Russell Wilson? We'll see. We'll see. All right, I told you, I'm rolling with the Chiefs. Standing pat on that. We're just a few days away from the Super Bowl. So uh, hopefully it's a good one. Hopefully it's a good one. It always stinks when the Super Bowl sucks. Because you kind of get hyped up for it. And then, you know, every once in a while the game's a dud. It happens. Maybe, hopefully, Rihanna will be a fun halftime show too. You never know. They could be duds too. Got a long way to go to top last year. So, all right. That's all for NFL. Let's talk about the heels. Heels and Duke. So back-to-back losses this week for the Tar Heels of the University of North Carolina. Lose the game 64-65 to to Pitt, and then 57-63 to Duke. It was an enjoyable Duke-UNC game. Close game the whole way. The crowd was into it at Cameron Indoor. Felt like the teams were into it. I enjoyed watching it. Was it the best display of basketball? Probably not. Duke and UNC are on the struggle bus currently. So, I don't think either team's very good. At this point, I don't know. I haven't seen a bracketology thing uh, recently, but I don't know. if UNC better figure it out, or they're on the edge of not making the tournament. Because they're racking up losses, and people don't seem to think the ACC is that good. So there's not a lot of like quality wins they can go get left on the schedule. We talked about that last week, that the schedule looked pretty good for them to make a little run, and they've done just the opposite. Just the opposite. Yeah, Marina Bracketology. They are, they, someone said they are on the bubble. The ACC has zero locks, it says. That's incredible. They're not in the next, they're not in the cut line or the first four out. North Carolina, not in perilous position as it was last season, had to get red hot just to make the NC Center. 
The UNC is already an eight seed in my bracket. Okay, so not great, but not not terrible. So back to the Duke game. This needs to be thrown out there. North Carolina has terrible shot selection. Terrible shot selection. They take bad shots all the time. Now, if you got a bunch of dudes who can fill it, you can take bad shots because they make bad shots. It's not happening with North Carolina. Now, occasionally Caleb Love gets hot for like two to three minutes, but then it seems like it's over just as fast as it started. And he makes some ridiculous shots, and he gets hot from three for a couple minutes. But the problem with it is I don't think he uses his ability when he gets hot to make those threes where they have to respect it to set up like himself driving to the hoop. He's an athletic dude. He can get to the hole. I've seen it. I've watched him do it. But too often, I feel like he's just trying to relocate to another three. Like, if you if you get him closing out too hard, you can get by him. Get to the hole, man. Good things happen in taking the ball to the rim. Speaking of people at the rim, Armando Baycott, I don't know if he's still, like, battling some injuries, but he doesn't seem to be finishing with, like, strength or aggressively at the rim. He feels like he's, like going up soft with it and not being aggressive when he's trying to finish at the rim. Like, I'm seeing a lot of layups and not a lot of dunk attempts. I think it's a good thing when your big dudes are trying to jam it, flush it, send it in, Jerome. A good aggressive take can draw some fouls. I mean, that kid for Duke that was blocking all the shots, a couple of times they went into him pretty hard, but a lot of times it felt like they were just kind of lollygagging into him, floating crap into it. It was, yeah, it was a little disappointing. And and you know who sucks? Pete Nance. I'm back. I'm back on the Pete Nance sucks train. He's terrible. He's terrible. What were, let, let's go look at his stats in this game. Because he was an absolute liability. Every time he touched the ball, nothing good happened. And most of the times it was a turnover, it felt like. I know that's probably overstating it. Armando Baycott was the leading scorer with 14 points. And, yeah, Caleb Love, 5 of 15. Pete Nance, 2 points, 5 rebounds, 1 of 10. He only had 2 turnovers. Only 7 turnovers for the Heels, which is kind of surprising. Duke turned it over 11 times. Duke killed them in fast break points. 20 to 2. Just absolutely decimated them. Which brings me to another point. I mean, points off turnovers, 11 to 6. They had the, I thought the refs, you know, a little little Duke favored, you know, nothing new there. Shashevsky the rat leaves, and he must still have a little line to the, to the, uh, to the boys in the, the zebra stripes. But yeah, Carolina didn't get to the line. I, I'm kind of, I'm mostly joking about the refs. I always think Duke gets a little bit of a favorable whistle, but they didn't get to the line. They didn't put themselves in position to get to the line. They shot 26 threes. They went 7 of 27, sorry, 27 threes. They shot 26%. 7 of 27. That's not going to do it. And then 2 of 3 from the line. You got to get to the line more. 34% from the field. Not going to get it done. Not going to get it done. And the real problem is they can't get a stop when they need it to save their lives. It was happening in the pick game. It's happened in games all year. It happened at the end of the Duke game. Like when it came down to it and you really needed to get a stop, it was like their defense got much worse. It's like they're like, ah, I don't know what to do. It was, It's bad. It's not great. 
Blakey Black can only make threes from the corner. Only make threes from the corner, apparently. So I just, this team remains a mystery. I mean, I've said it. Like, the worry was that this team wasn't that good. And it's kind of proving to be true. They head to Wake Forest tonight, and they're underdogs on the road. Going to Wake Forest, who's another average team. They need to figure it out a little bit. Good game in the Big 12 tonight. TCU, Coach Jeffies. Dark horse team of the year. Heading to Kansas State. Heading to Manhattan, Kansas. A favorite stop of mine on my work travels. The Hilton Garden Inn in Manhattan, Kansas is a, it's a nice place. Other, elsewhere in Kansas, the Jayhawks, good win. Good bounce back win for them. I mean, I don't know if they've won a, where they were since, but they had a rough week. Was it last week or a couple weeks ago? Yeah, they're coming off a loss to Iowa State. Yeah, that, yeah, that bad loss to Iowa State at Iowa State. Lost by 15. And just beat Kansas State and Kentucky, and then before that was the week they lost three times. So, yeah, good one by them. I think the Big 12 is wide open. I think the Big 12 is good, too. I mean, I don't know. I don't know anything. I haven't probably watched enough to be making declarations on if the Big 12 is good. I think they are, though. Yeah, Texas and Kansas. This is for the, the lead in the... The conference. Texas is out in front. Kansas is setting up right there. Kansas State right in four, six, four. Yeah, but I think these all are good. Teams. Like TCU is sixth, and they're six and four in the league. And I think they're a solid team. Then you got Baylor, Kansas State, and him. Yeah, I'm, I'm sticking with it. Big 12's good. Probably don't know shit, but what what's new? Also, I was watching a little bit of the Indiana and Purdue game. That was a fun game to watch. That dude, Jackson Davis. For Indiana, I think that's his last name is Jackson Davis. We should we should spin on over to Indiana's roster here. That dude has some ups, like aggressive ups. Yeah, Trace Jackson Davis. He finished with 25 and 7 and 5 blocks. My man gets up in a hurry and sends the ball down hard. I was very impressed by him. And Indiana beats Purdue. Purdue was ranked number one. Funny enough, Indiana, the number 21 ranked team in the country, was actually the favorite. Indiana students rushed the court, which of course brings out the fucking court storming police. Who cares? It's a bunch of college kids. Half of them are probably wasted. Who gives a shit if they rush the court? There is nothing I hate more than the court storming police. Just admit you guys are losers who've never enjoyed a day of your life and go fuck off. If a bunch of drunk college kids want to storm the court or storm the field, who cares if they were favorites? Who cares? Fuck off. Let the kids enjoy themselves. Let the boys play. All right. Carolina plays tonight, I believe. Tuesday. Tuesday as I'm recording this. Tuesday afternoon. They should be playing any second now if I remember correctly let's double check yep they're about to tip off in a couple minutes so maybe they can get by wake forest who knows probably not virginia nc state tonight as well a couple good college basketball games on how about that all right that's what i got for the heels and in college basketball Owen one against uh, john shire for the heels not the best way to start just a just a quick flyers update here nothing much you know um 
It was All-Star break. I didn't watch any of the All-Star game. I was told by the Gordon brothers I didn't miss out with any of the skills challenges. It was pretty stupid. Flyers did play last night. They just came back Monday night. 2-1 loss to the Islanders. So picking up right where they left off. Losing games. Losing games. That's good, though. That's good. We're looking for draft picks. We're looking for draft picks. Losses or wins. You got three games today. I think I was talking about these last week. Oilers on Thursday at home. Preds at home on Saturday, 11.30, puck drop in Central Time. And the Kraken at home on Sunday, noon puck drop Central Time. I like me some afternoon sports. I really do. It's looking like James Van Riemsdyk, JVR, is going to be traded. I've seen things to the Flames is a possibility. That's the most I'm seeing, as well as possibly the Maple Leafs. So... It was, it looks like his time in Philly is coming to an end. I know Konechny was a possibility to be traded as well. So, yeah, they're they're definitely going to be uh, Kevin Hayes too, but I think Kevin Hayes' contract is making it a little tough to move him, if, I, if I'm not mistaken. If I'm not mistaken. So... See if they're just going to keep slowly unloading people. Or maybe they want to do it all at once and get themselves a big return and start doing something with this team. So, who knows? Like I said, not much for the Flyers there. They still suck. And when we know more, we'll we'll talk more. So, that's all we have for them this week. We got some golf to talk about, kind of. But I didn't really watch the Pebble Beach Pro-Am. So, not going to talk much about that. But I'm going to talk some golf. Justin Rose won. I kind of forgot he stayed on the PGA Tour. I kind of thought he went to live. Not going to lie. It was like his first win in like four years. He, uh, I think he won by two or three. Oh, my app has moved away from, can I go back? Doesn't let me go back. PGA Tour app's not very good. It just kind of does what it wants. It doesn't really give a shit what you want to do. But yeah, he won. Aaron Rodgers playing off a, a 10 handicap wins the uh, the celebrity section. I think his partner shot over par and they shot like 25 under as a team. So nice, nice sandbagging by Rodgers. Maybe he can, I saw today, he's going to take some, a dark weekend or something like that to go decide if he, uh, his future, maybe he wants to just get that done with and let us know. But you know, hey, this is the golf section, not the football section. We're going to have plenty of time to talk about him in the future, I bet. How about this one? Hank Liboda. Libodia? Liboida. Hank Liboida. Let's ah, let's go with that. He was the first round leader. And was playing his 11th different golf course. This was on Saturday. He was going to be playing his 11th different golf course. In his last 11 PGA Tour rounds. Longest streak of its kind of all time. That happens because he had missed five straight cuts. Couldn't have been five. I'm getting this information from Coach Sheffy. So, you know, sometimes sketchy. Had have been four. Had have been four previous missed cuts. Because that makes eight courses on eight rounds. And then three more from Pebble. And they're all separate, you know, multi, multi-course events. 11 different courses in his last 11 PGA Tour rounds. How about that? 
see how he finished up. We'll have to Google. We'll have to do a little quick Google search. Quick Googs. Pebble Beach. Yeah, 11 different rounds in 11 different tournaments. The, the Pebble Beach field was just really bad. And I, I mentioned, like, this is just, I think, what's going to happen with, with the new designated events. Because we're heading into designated event this week. Oh, no, Hank. T20. Or, sorry, T15. 146,000 for his... You know, that's better than missing cuts, Hank. So, you know, good for you. It was also a Monday finish. Justin Rose won by three. 1.6 million. Justin Rose, 42 years old. Six under, 66 to win. 11th win of his career. Yeah, first win since the 2019 Farmers. Almost four years. Almost four years to the day. So, yeah. On the European Tour, or DP World Tour, whatever they call it, this man, Hank, no, Dan Gavins, hit two balls into the water on 18 with a three-shot lead and then made a 25-footer for double bogey to win the golf tournament. How about that? Steps up with a three-shot lead on the 18th hole and hits two balls in the water. I bet you his butthole was puckered. Mine would be. Mine would be. I, I don't even know if I could take the club back. So, yeah, Waste Management. Or, sorry, the WM Phoenix Open this week. Like I said, designated event. I think the winner gets like $3.6 this year. Let me confirm. And I'm excited. This is a fun golf tournament. Saturday's rowdy. Sunday leads you right into the Super Bowl. I like when they have it set up this way. I'm excited. It's the it's the first week of our fantasy golf league, which I am now the sheriff of, new sheriff in town. I'm in charge. I'm going to be giving you guys updates on the fantasy golf league here. I'm going to let you know what's going on. The Monday qualifier for this thing is nutty. It's at McCormick Ranch, a place I've played a few times in my life. There was a dude, where was this? Martin Trainer finished his final round at Pebble Monday morning. And then at 4.54 p.m., that must have been local time, made the turn at, uh, at the Monday qualifier. No, it couldn't have been local time. That must have been Eastern, so probably like 2.54 or something like that. So he went from Pebble right to the Monday qualifier. Craziness. Some other people in the field. Grayson Murray, Martin Trainer. Kevin Chappell, DJ Chan, DJ, DJ Chan, what am I reading? DJ Trahan, Bo Van Pelt, Robert Garrigus, Kevin Chappell, that's a fall from grace, man. He was on the President's Cup team back in 2017. Oh, he's Monday qualifying. Yeah, other people out there. Griffin Taylor, Will Gordon, Nick Hardy, Ben On, Aaron Badley. Kevin Roy, Sean O'Hare, like those are good dudes. Like this was, there was like the joke going around it that uh, the, the the field at the Monday qualifier was almost as good as the field at at the uh, at Pebble Beach. Great field this week in Phoenix. Only top fifty players who aren't going to be there: Will Zalatoris, Seb Straka, Adam Scott, and Mito Pereira. I mean, everything is like leaning towards Mito Pereira going to to live, but everyone keeps saying that and he keeps staying. 
What else? Oh, couple good things to follow. John Rahm and Scotty Scheffler can become the number one golfer in the world with some wins. Scheffler won his first tournament here last year and then kind of went on that run. And they both need a little help from Rory McIlroy. Like Rory's got to finish like outside like the top 40 for both of them to win, which it can happen. Golf's weird, but yeah. So yeah, the purse this week, $3.6 million to the winner. That's 18%. That's standard on tour. $20 million purse. You third place takes home 1.3 million. Fourth place, just shy of a million, $980,000. Last place, if you make the cut, $43,000. Not a bad day's work. Yeah, 30th is 137,000. T15 at Pebble was 115, did we say, or something like that? So, yeah, fun event. Looking forward to it. The last, you know, four or five holes at T- at TPC Scottsdale are awesome, especially with the stadium all set up. Crowd's going to be rowdy. Super Bowl is in Phoenix, so a lot happening out there that week, this week. So I'm looking forward to it, man. I'm looking forward to it. This is like, like I said, this fe- this is the the moment when golf becomes real. Starts at the Farmers. Now we're going to get a great current tournament, hopefully on Super Bowl Sunday, and then it's golf season, man. Like that's what we got on Sundays moving forward. So. I'm excited. I'm excited. Fight game time. My man Derek Lewis couldn't get it done versus Spivak. D. Lewis is he's he's reeling, man. He's on a he's on a losing streak, <laughs> a fall losing streaks. I think I got to double check this, but I my man is he's been they they know what they need to do. You just gotta avoid the big shot. Yeah, he's lost three in a row, three in a row. Four of his last five. He he'd won four in a row to get himself a, a shot at the UFC heavyweight, the interim championship back in August of 21. Lost that. Came back with a win. And then Ty Tuivosa, Sergey Pavlich, and Sergey Spivak have all have all taken him out early in fights. Last two in the first round. Ty Tuivosa in the second. Yeah, it's it's been tough, man. It's been tough for for my boy D. Lewis. His uh his balls must still be uh must be cooling down. Must be cooling down, unfortunately. So yeah, this week though, big fight, big fight. Islam Makachev, the lightweight champ. Alexander Volkanovsky, the pound for pound champ, coming up in weight. Exciting fight. The rest of the card, eh. I don't really know many of these guys. I know Josh Emmett and Yair Rodriguez in the co-main, but you start going down Jack Della Madalena and Randy Brown got nothing there. Justin Taffa and Parker Porter. Mm-mm. Jimmy Crute and Alonzo Menafield. I mean, I don't doubt that there'll be good fights and because, you know, UFC matchmaking so good, but it, it's not speaking to me outside of that main event. We'll see how I'm feeling. I'm guessing I probably don't get it. But you never know, because I'm going to have to kind of, if there was more of interest on the undercard, I'd probably be all over this. But knowing there's a couple of UFC pay-per-views coming up in March, you got John Jones, Serial Gone in March 4th. And then later in the, just a couple weeks later, you got Leon Edwards, Kamara Usman too. And the co-main is Justin Gaethje and Rafael Fiziev, 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 you know me. 
UFC names, I can't do it. And there's some decent, like, Martin Vittori is on that card as well, Gunnar Nelson. Like, there's some good fights on that. So, like, those are both cards I'm very interested in. So, I don't know if this one's going to make the cut. Don't know if it's going to make the cut. Uh, A couple of pieces of news in the fighting world. Conor McGregor, he's coming back. He's going to coach the ultimate fighter. He's going to be heading up against Michael Chandler in that. And then those two are going to fight in the fall is the word on the street. No date's been set. I've been reading some stuff that Connor's not in the, the drug testing pool and he has to be in that for six months before he can fight. So six months from today is August. So, you know, you're probably looking at a September, October, November-ish fight, depending on how everything shakes out in the schedule. But that fight should be fun. I mean, I've never, I've not watched a bad Michael Chandler fight ever. Just talking about it with a coworker, like, they're just fun fights all the time. Chandler hasn't really won a lot lately, but I think Connor could be a, a good win for him. I think they said 170 for that fight. See you at the top. And I've I've been telling you this, guys, guys. Moving over to boxing. Moving over to boxing. Tank Davis and Ryan Garcia is apparently on the verge of falling apart. I haven't seen any more news. But it's because of a rematch clause. The deal is set. They've got it all ready to go April 15th. It's going to be on Showtime pay-per-view. Showtime is who does all of Tank Davis's fights and PBC, that promotion. Ryan Garcia is managed by Golden Boy Promotions, which is run by Oscar Del Hoya, and is shown on DAZN, a streaming service. DAZN gave up the rights to the at least the American broadcast of the fight. But they want, if Ryan Garcia wins, Tank Davis has a rematch clause. They say if Ryan wins and Tank exercises that clause, they should be able to show the fight on DAZN and Golden Boy promote it, which seems fair to me. If the fighter who wins has to give a rematch clause to the fighter who loses, it just seems fair that if the first fight was on the losing fighters, TV service that the next fight should be on the winners TV service. But alas, this is boxing and this seems to be a thing with the PBC fighters and the guys that fight on Showtime and Fox is that they're not really willing to go fight elsewhere or even uh, the possibility of having to do it. So that fight is in trouble and now, the longer this drags on, I think the less likely it is that it happens on April 15th. So, who knows? Who knows? And I, the PBC, who's putting this fight on, they got a lot of pay-per-view fights that they're putting on pay-per-view. They're not actually pay-per-view fights. I would say Ryan Garcia and Tank Davis is barely a pay-per-view fight. But they got Errol Spence Jr. against Keith Thurman that's going on pay-per-view. Doesn't belong there. Caleb Plant versus David Benavidez is going on pay-per-view. Doesn't belong there. Like, they're all kind of penciled in to happen right around there. The only one that's officially got a date is Plant and Benavides, I believe. Which should be a good fight, by the way. Not against the actual fight. Not pay-per-view, were they? Okay, that's all for fights. Time for some passing thoughts now. What do you guys think about some passing thoughts? I saw this tweet. Interesting tweet, I thought. Apparently... Rat King Monarch has alerted me to this. I never really noticed 
the name. The, the name is actually just Rat King with a rat. And then the handle itself is Rat King Monarch. Tells me that most people don't know that there are over 7,000 languages in the world and that we are currently experiencing a mass language extinction event, which will result in the loss of at least 90% of the world's languages. I don't know if that's true at all. It seemed crazy. I took a picture of it and said, hmm, this is interesting. This seems kind of wild. What's 90% of 7,000? That's 6,300. So we're going to go from 7,000 languages down to 700 languages? Ow. Does that seem fishy? Maybe it's fishy. It's like the more I think about it, I'm wondering if it's fishy. Who knows? Who knows? This one, this one I saw. AMC. They're changing their ticket pricing depending on seat location. So they're going to have three different like tiers essentially. Their standard sight line, they say they say is their most common. The normal seats. That's going to have the normal price. The value seat sight line. Front row and select ADA seats. That's going to be a lower price. And then the preferred seat line. Preferred sight line, not seat line. Middle row seats are going to be a premium price. So you're telling me, what's a middle row? Like the entire, like you go to a movie theater, like the entire middle section is going to cost you more? Like for real? Like I'm already paying like $14 to come to this. And then to get a popcorn, I have to pay like $14 a person. So if I take the roommate, we're like damn near 30 bucks just to get in. Then we got to get a pop, you know, you got to get a popcorn. That's like 10 bucks. You know, then, God forbid you go to one of them places where you can have some drinks, some real drinks, you know, some little, little alcoholic beverage. Those things are like 10 bucks a pop. You each had a couple. Four, like, it's a $100. It's a damn near $100 day. And God forbid you go out and grab a bite to eat first. But, like, you're damn near spending 100 bucks at the movie theater. That's just for two of you. God forbid you have a family going. You need to charge more for the fucking middle seat? Get the fuck out of here. Like, aren't, aren't movie theaters in enough trouble as it is? Like, every movie bombs nowadays, doesn't it? Unless it's fucking Avatar. I'm I'm fully protesting Avatar, by the way. Like, just not happening. The first one was fucking Pocahontas with blue people who do fucking with their tails. I'm out. I'm out. Okay. I got a question. I got a question I saw. Again, another thing I saw online. Some interesting things I saw this week. This was a question I saw post. Do you think Steph Curry, in his life, has made one million three-point shots? In his life, has he made one million three-point shots? So let's get his basketball reference up here. And see how many he's made in games. He's 34 years old. So he's probably been banging threes for 24 years, give or take. How many threes would he have had to make a year over 24 years? Let's see here. 
41,000 threes a year, 41,666. If you divide that by 365, that means he needs to make 114 a day for 24 straight years. Can we see just three-pointers made? In his NBA career, he's made 3,302 three-pointers. Far cry from a million. Man, it's a hard question. 115 a day? I mean, there's definitely a couple weeks, I mean, at least a month a year, all told, by the time, you know, he sits out of practice or sits out of a game or just, you know, off-season, that he's just not making. So what's that, like 30, 30 days? Minimum 30. Let's call it 60. Let's say he actually only has 300 days a year to make. 41,666 shots. That means he has to make 139 shots, three-pointers a day. I mean, you got to think there's definitely days where he makes two, three, four hundred. Easy. Gosh, I just don't know. It's possible. I would say it's possible. I would say it's plausible. Plausible. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. Maybe. I don't know. I don't know. I'm confused now. Now, my brain hurts. I'm thinking too hard. I can't do this. I can't think too hard. Not that smart. I also saw someone ask if it's okay if people play music on the golf course. Yes. For the love of God, let people play music on the golf course. Just as long as I can't hear it like fucking three fairways over, I'm good. And like if I'm riding with you, can we have it at a level where I can just have a fucking conversation and that I can't hear it like if you're on the complete other side of the hole? Then I'm good, man. All I really want you to do, just fucking play faster. Play well. Play fast, play poorly, play faster. The worse you are, the faster you have to play. Just keep that in mind. It's traveling for work. First of all, got upgraded to first class. Oh, it's just, it's a different level. Like, if every flight was first class, that would be so nice. It would be beautiful. be wonderful. Just absolutely fantastic. I was back in the East Coast doing some stuff for work. Had some pizza. I don't even know if it was any, like, I don't know if, like, people back there even think it was good. But for me, it was fantastic. I think I've said it before. There is some reason nobody in the Midwest can make pizza. Like, the best places, I think, are, like, just okay. Like, in the consideration. I'm not even talking, like, against, like, New York City pizza. I'm just talking, like, anywhere. Like, just uh, small-town USA, mid-little-sized cities. Like, there's always a couple of good pizza places. Why is it so hard for people in the Midwest? Why can't they figure it out? Just don't understand. Just don't understand. Also caught a uh, caught a Tony Luke's cheesesteak in the Philly airport. It's pretty solid. It was pretty solid. I don't know how good it was, like, all over. You know, airport food's always tough to gauge, but it was decent. I enjoyed it. Had a good time eating myself a cheesesteak. Watch some movies when I was doing my flying about. I've been trying to catch up on some Mission Impossible movies. Because I do want to go see the new one when it comes out in theaters. And I've, I I don't know that it matters that I've missed them. But I've uh, been catching up. I caught Ghost Protocol. Had seen that one in the past. Not bad. Rogue Nation. Like that one much more than Ghost Protocol. Kind of similar concepts. 
I think the statute of limitations on spoiler alerts is over, but you know, here you go. Spoiler alert. These movies came out 12 and like eight years ago. They're kind of similar. Like, Ooh, gotta go dark. IMF has been dissolved, disavowed. And now we're off the grid. So kind of similar in that aspect, but I thought Rogue Nation was better. I thought Rogue Nation was better. I'd seen the original one, two, and three. I call them the original. I don't know why. Probably because they put out a Mission Impossible box set after the third one came out, and I got it for Christmas one year on DVD. And they've since made three. Yeah, they've made three since and have a fourth and fifth coming. So trying to double it up since I (laughs) double up how many they've made since I got the box set. Also watched the movie Devotion with Jonathan Majors and Glenn Powell. The movie about the Navy pilots in the Korean War. Jonathan Majors plays Jesse Brown, who was one of the first African-American naval pilots. And Glenn Powell plays Tom Hudner, his, his wingman. He was, uh, Jesse Brown was the first African-American aviator to complete the United States Navy's basic flight training program. So the first. And recipient of the Distinguished Flying Cross. Solid movie. Solid movie. I, I, I enjoyed my time watching it. This Jonathan Majors dude is hitting it hard all of a sudden. My man has, in 2022, he had Devotion. And then 2023, he, had mag- he has Magazine Dreams. Never heard of that one. But then is also the bad guy in Ant-Man and the Wasp, the new one of those, and Creed 3. So my dude is getting out there. Getting out there. What's what I got? I was watching Raw. Is it just going to... Not Raw. Smackdown. And then they talked about him briefly on Raw, too, I think. Is Sammy, Are we going to have like a Sami Zayn crashes WrestleMania thing? Might. We might. Then let's, uh, let's end it on this one. This is the this week's feeling old time is fucking with me segment. Dazed and confused. The movie Dazed and Confused. You know, all right, all right, all right. Was released in 1993. And set in 1976. A comparable movie today would be about the graduating class of 2005. The Tawanda graduating class of 2005 was my first year in the Tawanda high school. That hurt me. I get that hurt me. That's just this week's feeling old time fucks with you segment. So, all right, let's go wrap this thing up. Closing time, everybody. Thank you guys. I appreciate your patience this week. I apologize about the the pod coming out late. Just got crazy work travel and stuff like that. And just, I was going to do it late Monday night and get it out at normal time. And then I was like, it's going to be dog shit. So I'm glad I waited. I appreciate you guys being patient. And thanks again for all the listens. I appreciate it. I appreciate it. I appreciate it. Back next week. Super Bowl to talk about. Waste management to talk about. We're going full steam ahead in the golf season. We're going to have to break down what happened in the Super Bowl. See where we lead. What's going on with Aaron Rodgers. It's going to be another great show. It's going to be another great pod. You know, just come come back, check it out. So. Until then, peace. 